Oh, bang. We are back. I know. We took last week off, and I hope that you guys understand that that was done intentionally. Uh, so here's what I want to do today. I want to quickly explain to you guys why we took last week off. I want to quickly uh, tease or trailer some things that are coming up with jump, with, the, with the show, and then I'm going to go ahead and set up uh, today's interview. So first, we took a week off very intentionally because... When I looked at what's going on in the country right now with regards to the passing of George Floyd, um, the the very unfortunate um, murder or uh, taking of the life of George Floyd and the subsequent emotions and actions and protests and uh, important and uncomfortable conversations that have ensued since, it just didn't seem the right time to come in with a basketball conversation. Here's ultimately what I ask myself. I ask myself, am I listening to any of my normal podcasts this week? All right. When this was, when it was all going on, I was like, I'm not listening to the, the podcast that I listened to to become a better coach and those things like that. I, I had stopped what I was doing and I was calling all of my friends that I love and all of my family members that, that I love and respect. And I was having important uncomfortable conversations aimed at getting better at understanding a point of view at expressing my anguish and my frustration and my sadness and my discontent and my confusion. That's, that's where my mind was. That's where I wanted to be. And so I assumed to myself, if that's where I am and if that's where the other people on the other end of the phone are, the assumption is that that's where your listeners would be. So why come out with an episode about shooting, you know, baskets it seems uh, insignificant. So that's why we took the week off. I hope that you guys understand that and that you agree with that. And, you know, I hope that during this time you've done the same thing that you've um, allowed yourself to get a little uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you want to go lift weights right now and you want to get stronger, if that's the goal is to get stronger and you go lift five pound weights, your muscles are going to be very, very comfortable but you're not going to get any stronger. If you want to get stronger, those muscles are going to have to get uncomfortable really quick. Find the weight that you can't do and lift that. And I think that's such an important analogy for what's going on in the world right now. I think all of us should find that weight that we haven't lifted in the past. Find that person that we haven't agreed with in the past that we haven't understood in the past that we've overlooked or prejudged or thought that we've understood or we've developed an opinion of without fully understanding. And let's have a conversation with those people. So again, this is the tease. We're going to do that through this, this podcast, through this medium. It's such an awesome, awesome medium podcasting. It's so cool. I mean, basically it's an opportunity to exercise free speech. Um, I have not taken a single advertising dollar. I have not taken a single donation from anyone. I am beholden to no one. So I have this platform and I, and I absolutely love doing this. And, and, but I thought about it, I said, you know, the, the, the point of it is to get better basketball and life success. We talk about that all the time. So we are going to, over the next couple of weeks, we are going to, um, send out some conversations that are aimed at getting better and they are going to be in this uncomfortable subject of race relations in this great country of ours. But coach Rick, I don't come to you for that. I come to you to, to learn about basketball. Well, you can skip the episodes. Like it's okay. I understand. Sometimes you just like, Oh, this is not the episode for me. So if you're not interested in getting uncomfortable, you're not interested in getting better. If you don't want to hear from different points of view, uh, then we will get back to basketball soon. I promise. But for the, for a couple of weeks, we're going to go and we're going to talk about, um, some other things, but I do have to get those conversations prepared. Um, I've had some conversations with people from all walks of life and all, um, all different points of view. And I think, again, that's the best way to go about it. And, um, but they're just not ready to produce yet. Um, so, um, we're going to do something different today, but I just wanted to tease and let you guys know that, uh, jumping through hoops does care 
about what's going on in the world today. Um, I am a black man. I'm proud to be a black man. Um, I am raising um, two biracial children. Uh, I am married to a white woman. I, I have no quarrels about that. That's not something that I am bashful about. This is who I am. And uh, I, I feel very blessed to be all of those things. And, and I think that um, it's okay to have conversations about things that we agree on or disagree on. And um, I've been doing that and I've been growing so much. So going to bring some of those to you guys. And I hope that it helps you grow as well. Um, so looking forward to that over the next couple of weeks. I appreciate you guys coming on this uh, ride with me. Uh, but today we're going to talk about fathers. Fathers are so important. And Father's Day is coming up this weekend. And I thought, what better time to release this episode uh, that's taken with a father and a son? And we'll get to them in a second. But really quick, I just want everyone to think about their dad for a second. Just kind of reflect on your father and his importance in your life. And you probably have a situation where you've either got um, a great dad who was present all the time in your life. And if, if that's what you have, you're very blessed to have that. You're very thankful to have that. Some of us have um, a situation where um, we have a father who's present all the time, but wasn't necessarily what we would consider a great dad. Right. So some of us, this is just our opinion of our dads that they weren't very supportive or they were too hard on us or they were this or that. Right. So they're present, but not fulfilling whatever needs you feel like you have as a son or daughter. Then there's other of us who have fathers who simply were not present. Right. So we grew up in single family homes or we've kind of like knew them, but knew of them, but didn't have a good relationship with them. Um, you know, they just weren't around. So then we have others who, you know, when they were around, so they were around some and when they were around, they were great, but they just weren't around enough. You know, we have some who who unfortunately passed, you know, your, if your father passed at a young age, at an old age, it doesn't really matter if your father's no longer with you. That's something that all of these things, what I'm getting at, all of these things impact who you are. And I would make the argument that perhaps no relationship in your life has more impact on who you are or who you believe yourself to be than your relationship with your dad. That's my that's own. That's my own assertion. Maybe that's me speaking from my own experience. Um, my I, I fit into that category of that dad who when he was around, he was awesome. I have, a, I have a great dad when he is present, when he is of present mind, of present body. He is wise. He is uh, supportive. He is, um, you know, everything that a dad should be. Problem was, he just wasn't around all the time. So I had to do a lot of figuring out of this thing on my own. And that's why sport is so important to me, because it filled a lot of voids for me as I was growing up. So reflecting on your dad is ultimately for me what Father's Day is about, right? It's not necessarily a hallmark thing. And I hope that uh, my family doesn't make too big a deal about it. It's not, that's not really how I roll. It's more just an appreciation for the significance impact that dads have. Now, when you talk about youth sports and how to navigate that, then that is of the utmost importance. Right. If you've got a, a dad in your life who understands you sports and understands how to help you get to your goals, you've got a leg up. This is such an important thing. And shout out to all the single moms who are playing that dad role. That counts. OK, you guys get some respect for for really getting involved in your kids uh, youth sports and making sure that you're navigating it and you're supporting their goals. So today I have a treat for you guys for uh, we're going to bring to you a father son duo for this conversation. Vince Edwards and his son, TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards is the pride of Lake County. He is uh, one of the very many prides of AGB. I had the very um, I had the pleasure of coaching him when he was a young man in, in, in basketball. But he went on to play professional football. He's currently an inside linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and he is just one of the most outstanding, level-minded, um, selfless uh, 
but super talented, hardworking kids that you'll ever meet. Uh, his story uh, to the pros is filled with lots of AGB, lots of always get better moments, lots of jumping through hoops, lots of uh, perseverance and endurance and and uh, resolve and and then a lot of support from dad. Right. So I think that we can all learn. And me, I have a three year old and a one year old. And I learned from this conversation, just listening to Vince talk about how he helped uh, TJ navigate uh, his sports journey and his life journey. Uh, how he's still doing that, even though he's already in the pros. So just such a great, great conversation. Timely, right? Because it's Father's Day coming up this weekend. So I hope everyone sit back, enjoy my conversation with Vince Edwards and his inside linebacker, professional football playing son, TJ Edwards. All right, guys, I want to welcome to the show two very good friends of mine, uh, the pride of Lake County professional inside linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles, Mr. TJ Edwards and his dad, uh, good friend, Mr. Vince Edwards. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having, having us, man. Yeah, so this is going to be fun, man. We're going we're gonna to do a couple of things. Obviously, we can reminisce a little bit all the time that, you know, we've known each other and the things that we've done in, in youth sports and everything like that. But the main purpose of our show is to help other people avoid jumping through hoops on the way to their to their goals, right? And you guys are absolutely sports success when it comes to being father and son and doing it the right way and achieving your goals. So we kind of want to talk through that process and see if we can help some 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 parents and some players uh, navigate that journey the best we can. Yeah. So why don't you guys start, you know, let's start at the beginning, right? Let's go to the beginning when TJ first decided he wanted to play sports. How many sports did you play? Uh, what role did you play in all of that, Vince? Let's just talk right from the beginning. You can tell them what you played. I mean, shoot, for me, it was when I was young. I mean, my first like love was really soccer, to be honest with you. I think that was probably the first sport that I was really like in an organized sport in. And honestly, from my childhood, I just remember, I mean, getting in the car, playing a soccer game, getting in the car, changing, going to another sport, going to another game, changing, coming back going to another game. I mean, for me, I was just always busy. They always, they always had me doing something. And I think, you know, through all that, I kind of found what I, what I like to do best. And that's what the crazy part for me is I just remember looking back and realizing how much they did, you know, I'm talking about, they were just always at game supporting and I was bouncing around from game to game, just trying to ball out and trying to, you know, make them proud. So it's really crazy to think about back in the day, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot to do for sure. Do you remember an exact age? Like when, when, when's your earliest memory of organized sports? We talking three, four, five, you know, how early were you when you were playing organized sports? I'm trying to remember. T-ball, soccer. He played T-ball like he was, he was like five, four or five. Yeah. He played T-ball and then we moved. He played T-ball. He was pretty good at it. And so we had, my wife had the petition for him to move up because he was, he was always playing with older kids. So. We had to petition for him to move up to play, play above his age, just to play to his level. So that was kind of the goal. So yeah. it, it wasn't necessarily just about a particular sport, just 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 the sheer taking to athleticism, taking to athletics, being good at whatever it is that you were doing. That started pretty early for you. Yeah, I mean, I just remember um, I remember baseball pretty early, and I think around this area, you know, baseball is pretty big. So um, that was definitely baseball and soccer was probably my first like organized sports. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, we played we played baseball just year round. If it felt like correct inside um, outside. We play, yeah. Up here, they also play ice hockey, which is is like the best sports for kids because it's organized. You just put, come in on the Saturday, you warm up for fifteen minutes, you meet your coach, yeah. and then you just play floor hockey. And I was like, it's huge up here. It's huge. So I know one thing that could help kind of set the background for this whole conversation. Vince, can you give the listeners a little bit of background on your sporting career? Like, what did you do when you were young? Oh, I got to hear this one, too. How much of that did you put on the TJ? Uh, I, I mean, I grew up in, I grew up in, like, you know, South Side Chicago and organized sports. I, we really didn't play. I played some basketball, but not like a lot. I played my freshman year in high school. Uh, basketball, I also played football in high school as well. but. Sports was like, for us, was more on the street than it was in organized level. I mean, I graduated high school in 83, so it was a whole mm -hmm. different thing. So mm -hmm. uh, when we came out, when I moved up to this area, 
uh, started doing sports. It was it was interesting. I, I mean, I thought it was pretty good in football. I played middle linebacker, really <laughs> mad, but you know, little, we had one guy from my high school that went to play like uh, D one. D one, we didn't even look at it as a big thing back then. Uh, we, people didn't know. I guess it's like, but when I moved up into Lindenhurst, and you know, we had uh, Lee, my older son, TJ, and Mia, it became like. You, you want them to be in something. You don't want them to no, – no free space, right? I don't care what you play. You're going to do something. Yeah. So we kind of did that. We did it with floor hockey, which was fun. He did it with soccer until he didn't like soccer anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did it with basketball. He started playing that third grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was playing with sixth graders at third grade. So it, it was, we kind of matured from there. We just kept moving. So I talked to um... – I talked to Dickie Simpkins. That was our first episode. It was a great, great talk with him. He's he's old yeah. school like me. You know, I'm I'm just had my 40th birthday, so I'm not a spring chicken either. And you love that, Rick. I am, man. I am. <laughs> I can still dunk though, so go easy. <laughs> sure. <you can. laughs> um, but but no. So so we talk about the 90s, and we talk about like you just said, Vince, getting out of school, changing clothes, going outside to play. Whatever was going on that day, you know, like on Monday you might play baseball, on Tuesday you might play football, on Wednesday you go play basketball. Yeah. And then nowadays everything is organized for the kids. I want both of you guys to answer this: Who has the upper hand? That old generation that learned to just tough it up and play with kids of all ages and even sometimes adults, or this new generation that has you know coaching and technique and strategy given to them so early? I'll let him answer first. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I just think. I think it's tough. I mean, obviously, I think there's benefits to both. But for me, I think when you're put into, like, organized sports from the start, you kind of learn how the system works. And you kind of learn how to grow from that level. I mean, obviously, I can't really speak too much in the streets other than me and, you know, our friends just kind of messing around. But, I mean, I just think you learn a lot from being in the system when you're playing organized sports. And you learn how to kind of how it operates and how – you know, you want to get like that trophy and you want to get all those, you know, accolades and things like that. And I think in the streets, it's not much more than you know, just pride in general, which I think can go in both. But um, for me, just speaking from like the organized half of it, I think I learned a lot just from how it kind of goes up from each level to level. So, yeah. With me, it's a little bit different. Like when we grew up, like it was like really, really good players who didn't exceed. They probably could have, but they didn't. But because we played like, basketball from sun up to sundown and there was no no rules you just go out there and play the best three on three four on four five on five whatever you had and we played huge softball baseball we played we played it out we played you know strikeout on the wall there was no parents involved at all it was all go do what you want to go do yeah yeah and i think i think that uh you know, it's it, it, we could have a conversation about who has it better, but the truth is, there's so much values, there's so much merit in both, right? To be to be coached early, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, TJ. You're probably one of the most coachable kids I've ever known. I think you probably get that from starting organized sports so early, but also there's just some, there's just nothing that can replace that idea of figuring it out on your own. Just go outside and figure it out and right. tough it up, right. you know, as you go. Right. And I think that's the key, right? You just said, go outside and do it. Yeah. Kids today, there's a lot of kids that they don't have that ability to go out. And now with COVID, kids probably never going to be going out. So <laughs> right. it's, yeah. it's going to be a whole different world. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. these guys all played outside. Like I had a basketball hoop in my driveway and it'd be 10, 11 kids I'd never seen before show up, <laughs> you know, just out there playing. They stayed active that way. That's good. So, okay, so you start off, you got soccer, you got T-ball, all these things, just young. You're not thinking about, you know, one sport or whatever. At, at what point, Vince, did you begin um, to see that, so, that TJ had something special and that you were going to actually, like, centralize kind of his, his sports effort and start coaching him yourself and these types of things? Well, I mean, he always, like, threw a football around and played with it, but uh, uh, we had rules. My wife wouldn't let him play until he got to, like, 10 years old. So that was the rule. Like, you got to let the body mature a little bit. He'll play, so he played flag football, you know, Tanner Blaine and those kids uh, when he was much younger than them. And he, he did – he excelled on it. I just – I mean, he played baseball. He was really good at baseball. Uh, he played basketball, pretty decent basketball. Couldn't shoot enough, but <laughs> it's just when he when he got on the football field, he just like to me. I'm watching it. I don't. I wasn't judging him or whatever. I just told him to. I just watched how he moved and how he played, and he just understood the game. He understood where to be, how to do it. 
And I knew it. And I told Kathy when he was young, I was like, he could play football. And she was like, I hate football. I like basketball. <laughs> or I like baseball. But I was like, he could play all these sports, but on that on that field, he like separates himself. TJ, did you ever feel at any point that your athletic career, your athletic endeavors were being pulled by your parents versus pushed by you? Or have you been in, have you been in the driver's seat this whole time? No, I mean, I definitely felt like I've been in the driver's seat in terms of like what I wanted to play. Um, but to me, like I just loved every sport so much. So it was hard for me to really just pick one. Um, and that's what, you know, one thing I can just appreciate a lot is like I really could do any sport that I wanted to and they would be at every single game, you know, just supporting. And my dad coached me just in baseball and um, uh, basketball for sure. So, I mean, it was one thing I wanted to play basketball just because I knew that we kind of had that thing in basketball, but I felt like I was just a lot better in football. So I just wanted to keep kind of pursuing that just a little bit harder. So let's expand a little bit on that, that dad and coach role. So like I know for a fact, I've been there uh, firsthand and I've seen you on the sideline with Mia. Ben, you and I had a chance to coach together and I've seen you coach Mia. I've never actually seen you coach TJ, but what was it like to coach your son? And, and is there, a, is there, a, can you divide it or is it like I'm the same? I'm dad and coach at the same time or do you kind of change up the way you are? I'm coach, but I was, I was, I know I was hard on TJ and I was on other people. Uh, because I just he had certain things that we always did that I wanted him to do on the basketball court. So when I didn't see it, it came out a little bit more than what it came out when I played coach like Andrew and some of the other guys. Like we knew what they were and Bertrand, but TJ had certain expectations and he knew it. But we separated. Like we left the court. I probably only stay mad for fifteen minutes, and then, <laughs> and then I'm good after that. You know, but it was it was it was. You take a lot of pride when you see your kid out there, and I see me out there, and I see TJ out there. Even my oldest son Lee, I coached him in basketball. We played AAU. We went to Ohio, like with a makeshift team, and he played really well. It was it's just an interesting dynamic. Just coach your kids. TJ, before you ask this question, I want you to look at how many grades your dad has, man. Just know that you can take him if you have to. So, <laughs> so, so don't be nervous, man. Just answer me straight up. Was there ever a time? where, you know, his dad and coaching was just too much, where you were just frustrated and you were like, man, you're talking to me about my homework and brushing my teeth and all this, <laughs> and you want to talk to me about basketball? Get out of my face. Was that ever a time for that? I mean, I don't know if I ever hit a, a time where I was just frustrated. I mean, I think it was crazy because me and, like, most of my friends, you know, our, my dad was the coach of just about all my friends that were around here on the basketball court. So it was like – I thought it was I thought it was kind of cool just to be on the court with everyone that I knew and having my dad be be the coach and I knew that he was going to come at me just a little bit you know harder because he expected some certain things out of me um, but I never felt I mean especially like in our area I think there's a huge thing where um, parents kind of take a lot of favorites in what they do and so I mean I think I appreciated it more later in life when I when I realized that my dad never played favorites with us you know, he never was the one to play us over someone else that they were better. I mean, Andrew started over me, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. from, for, a, for a little bit of time and I used to be mad, but I mean, he was, he was a little better than me at that time. And um, I think that's one thing I appreciate kind of about that relationship. I never took it to heart, um, but I always knew that, you know, he was, he was going to come at me a little different. I needed to, you know, make sure I had hit those expectations for sure. That's a great point you make TJ. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a youth director and I was running AGB and, and Vince coached yeah. with us and, and uh, we've had other dads coach with us a lot less successfully. They don't, they've had a hard time striking that balance. You know, they do it yep. because let's be honest, there's not a lot of money in coaching youth sports, right? So a lot right. of dads are pulled into doing it because they get to coach their son. Right. So then they use that to like, really like push their son forward. Vince, you've never done that. How, how did you, how were you able to do that? Where were you able to balance everything and treat everyone fairly, even though you know that your son's goals were important to you? No, I, I like the game. I like the game a lot. Like, I never coached him in football, but I appreciate the coaches he had because they were pretty fair. Uh, so I, I noticed that with, like, baseball out here, it's, like, very – you you know who the, who the who's, uh, who's the coach and who's the dad because that kid's playing pitcher, shortstop, or center field, wherever it is, you know what it is. And if they're playing basketball, he's a point guard, he's a shooter. So I tried not – I tried to separate myself from that. Like you said, I knew all his friends, and they were all good kids, and they all worked really hard. So I, I made them earn it. 
And I, I mean, I think I showed it. Yeah. And so then there came a point where you had to start trusting other coaches. And I know that I was the benefit of that. Uh, I want to reminisce on this really quick. I'll never forget it. I'm a young coach, just started a new program. Thanks to Bergeron and Andrew. Those two were the original AGB players. And they came to me and said, hey, Coach Rick, you need to start this thing. But then once it started, I was like, okay, just like this podcast, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it right. So then I'm like, I need more players, I need more players. So I start going a lot of games, a lot of feeder games and things like that. So I walk into a Lakes game to see Bergeron and Andrew play. And that's when Vince stopped me. He said, hey, I want to talk to you. And, uh, And then from there, I mean, the growth that AGB had once you guys came on board and some other great families too, but definitely you guys uh, is, is something I'm going to be forever thankful for. But Vince, talk to me about what it was. In, not, not, I'm not asking you this to like toot my horn, just but what are the things that you looked for when it was time to trust your kids with other coaches? Uh, just what they're going to learn. You know, you were, pretty, you were pretty smart about the game. You understood it. Uh, and you're pretty fair with the kids, and uh, you can still get out there and play and show it and teach it. So I think they needed that. You know, your principles are really strong, so I like that a lot. A lot of guys, like I said, are coaches, or, you know, we went, we did the Kessel program, and uh, none, n- not knocking them. Uh, Kyle and Dennis are totally different animals. I thought you, you brought a lot more to the game and a breath of fresh air, truthful with you. Yeah, and just to, like, talk about that, I mean, for me, you were probably, like, the first – like coach that I had where I really had like the green light and to where I could really kind of just play, you know, how I always thought I could play just in terms of taking more shots and being more aggressive. And that's one thing I remember specifically you and I always talking about just being more aggressive and you really wanted us, you know, wanting the team to take advantage of this, this time that we had, especially in AU to where it's, it's your time to showcase your skills. So um, I think that's definitely the biggest thing I noticed for sure. And and you know what? It's so funny you say that, TJ, because what what, stri- what I remember most about you was that even with that green light, you just couldn't help yourself. You had a point guard's mentality or a quarterback's yeah. mentality or even – They blame me. Right? <laughs> even I think, you know, I'm not a football expert. I'm not going to lie, but I believe the inside linebacker position has that same sort of like um, sacrificial part to it, right? You've got to yeah, do certain things definitely. to plug certain holes without necessarily getting this, the, the number. Um, exactly. So, I mean, talk to me about that. Is that something that's just natural to who you are? Or is that something that you put effort into being that kind of selfless player who's super talented but likes to see other people uh, do well as well? I mean, yeah, I just – I honestly, like, kind of just think of something I learned is really young is, like, we just wanted to win. Like, no matter what, like, it was – like, you just had to win. And so, especially playing – like, now if I look kind of forward and just playing middle linebackers, like, you just kind of got to do your job and – make sure that guy next to you is doing your job too. And that's pretty much on the basketball court too. I definitely could have been more aggressive, but it was one of those things where I knew I had good players around me and I knew that I just wanted to win. So like no matter what what we had to do, if I had to take less shots, not by choice, but just because, you know, it's how kind of how the game goes. But I just I just wanted to win. I feel that. What about a give me a not to be negative events, but is there a time you can talk to us about when you saw someone coaching and you can you can go to me and on this one or, or your older son? Is there ever a time you saw someone coaching your 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 kid and, and you just wanted to run over there and just snatch him up? Like, man, don't don't talk to my kid like that. What, what's it like to see someone doing it the wrong way? Many times. Yeah, I mean, you see that, but you're not going to display, right, like during the game. But it's like when you know it's, it's not the right fit, like when uh, TJ with Kessel and with Torres, when he got to high school, it was, not, it was not a good fit for him anymore because Kyle was like, uh, not just say Kyle, but that coach was like feeding to who the parents were and that the kids, he, they're, they're doing more favoritism than winning and they didn't care. Like they were trying to get other people to shine. That's not what we're about. We like to uh, don't talk about yourself, show it on the court, let other people talk about you. That's kind of our motto in our family with Mia and with TJ and Lee. We don't, we don't, we just don't do those principles. So, I know when there's a couple of things like, you know, just being like when I knew it was time for uh, you had my, you had the girls and you did really well with the girls. But me, I need to grow to a different level. Then you, you had structure, really good structure. You taught her the game so well and she's so smart on the court. But she thought like doesn't freely play. That was yeah. like some of the hardest decisions I ever had to make yeah. when it was time for her to do something else. Right. It's those type of things is. I won't say I want to snatch a coach. I just wanted to, like, 
you know when it, it you, you're not going to learn it. Yeah. Yeah. You got your ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think those situations, you know, are so unique and that's why our, you know, that's why, you know, years later you and I are still friends because it's, it, when you're doing it for the right reason as a coach, watching athletes move on sometimes is the right thing. And you right. know that because you're not Correct. doing it necessarily for you. anyone who's coaching for themselves is doing it the wrong way. Right. right. Coaching is about empowering young people to meet their right. goals. And so, um, you know, I know who I am. I am. I am a person who prides himself on teaching the system to kids because right. everyone else is rolling the ball out, letting them play. Yeah, right. And what I, and what I want to do is, is teach them how to play and give them the green light. Like TJ said, they had, but right. you're absolutely right. I remember Mia, she had gotten to a point where she was so reliant on whatever concept we were running instead of just realizing her girl can't guard her. <laughs> Go right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, so I, those were the good building blocks. Those are the things you put them in young, and then they had to like go and grow. Because me, she learned not now going to college that holy shit, she may get a ball and then may not never get it back. <laughs> She's learning that. Yeah, I listen. I always say I'm always coaching these kids for the 21 year old version of themselves, not the 14 year old version of themselves. Right. At 14, right. they're not going to understand why I'm asking them to do these things. But by the time they're 21, they're going to be like, oh, that's right. why he was teaching me that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Uh, so. OK, so 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 TJ, so back to I want to move on to this idea of I know as a dad. One of the things I'm worried about or concerned about is overdoing it. Burnout. Right. I, if Like I don't want to start. AJ too soon in organized sports and then, you know, oh, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And then he's burned out by the time he's 15, he wants to get a job and do something else. Did you right. ever experience that? Were you ever at a point where you're like, you know what, I'm just tired, man? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I was ever, I just, I just, like, we grew up so much around sports and so much around just being busy. It was almost like, I mean, I just wanted to, you know, keep doing something just to, you know, make sure I was on the right path, it felt like. And um, I remember one time in baseball, where I was like, man, I, I I just don't want to play like anymore. And I'll sit travel. In, yeah. I'll sit in the car, and I was like, like mom, be like, I don't want to play. Like I'm, like I think I'm kind of done with baseball. And I sat in the parking lot of the car. They called the the coach. The coach came came and got me. Yeah. <laughs> came and got me from the car. I was, you know, I was crying. I was like, man, I don't want to go. Yeah. I play. I played for shoot five, six more years after that, and I, I loved it. So I mean, I think it was for me is even if I didn't know at that time I wanted to do it. Um, there was just something in my parents that they kind of knew that it was something I should be doing. Yeah. And it uh, it definitely paid off for sure. But I, I just remember that time specifically, like, man, please don't make me do this. Well, uh, so let me just say this. So this was hard. This is one of those hard things. You got to know when to step back a little bit. Yeah. So TJ, was, he was pretty good at baseball, but he was playing travel. So every weekend we're gone. Yeah, you know Andrew. We would drive off Andrew and all those guys playing around around the neighborhood. So he really came to us and said, "I don't want to play travel next year. I want to go play in house. Mm-hmm. You want to play with all the local kids, right? So it was something you just go to the park and you play in this regular league, you know." And he got there and he played one year and he like it. It was such a different dynamic than yeah. playing travel. I mean, he had the base hit and then go for a home run and in house. You know what I mean? When you have to run it out, so. But you gotta let them have those steps. So he got to go back and play with all his friends and enjoy that, and that have all the rigors of traveling all mm-hmm. across the state. Mm-hmm. So that that was our gift to him. So how do you know? What's the trigger point that that tells you this is not a kid giving up? It's not a kid being weak. It's not a kid, you know, just saying it's too tough. This is a kid who really doesn't want to play. Versus, nah, this is just a kid being young, and it's my job to be a parent and tell him right. you never give up. What's that balance? You gotta, you gotta balance it. You gotta, you gotta read them. You know, getting in the car. DJ, I mean, Mofa, we both worked, so you know, we work in Deerfield. And by the time we get up here, football practice started at five thirty. He getting that five. He's getting that like five twenty nine, five thirty five, <laughs> five forty. You know, so I mean, so that, it was a job for him as well. So you just gotta be able to read, read your, read your kid. You gotta know when they like step back off the gas a little bit. Let them be a kid too. I felt like TJ, you know, you and I had a little bit of that. I know I'm not dad, but I was, you know, coaching, of course. I mean, I was, I loved coaching you. So I wanted you to come back for that junior year, you know, yeah. and you had to call me and just say, coach Rick, I, I've decided to, to focus on football, but I've heard it 
right away. You're not even my son, but I heard it right away. There was a genuine sincerity in that. It didn't sound like quitting. Yeah. It didn't sound like giving up. It sounded like a shift towards your passion, right? Yeah, and I bet you that was a hard call for him to make because he's making those calls. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I specifically remember that. And it was just, you know, just like you said, like it's not like not like the not like I was quitting or anything. It was just like it was like the that kind of that click where you're just getting older and you're just like, I think I just kind of want to shift my focus towards something else. And you, know, you can't play three sports forever. So it's like right. it's, it comes to that time where it's, you kind of got to give up something, which is tough, especially like in our house. So we pride ourselves on playing year round. So it's, it's tough to, to kind of give up something. Thank you for listening to the show. Quick halftime break to let you guys know that we appreciate you being here. Don't forget to hit that subscription button so you can get notifications for future episodes. Share this episode with anyone that you think it would be helpful for. And lastly, don't forget to to review us. We want to get better as well. What can we do to improve the show? Uh, Do you want to come on the show? Do you have any ideas for uh, future episodes that we can do? We want to hear from you guys. So reach out to us on our Instagram at JTHoopsPod or send us an email at JTHoopsPod at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Until then, enjoy the rest of the show. Right. So was it uh, was it easier? Was it letters that were coming in? You know, the D ones were starting to be like. At what point did you realize that pro- playing professional football was a possibility? You're a high school kid. Did you think of it then, or was it not later until you got to Wisconsin? Uh, I mean, I didn't really think about it. I, I mean, I, I knew I was I was decent in high school. I, I could I could play at a high level. I knew I could play in college somewhere, um, but it really didn't hit me till probably after my, my freshman year at Wisconsin to where I could, you know, even think about like aspirations like that. Uh, Cause to me, like my life has always just been around sports. So I didn't really know, you know, what I was going to do or what, what I really loved the most, but it really hit me probably like my, my freshman year of, of uh, college in Wisconsin. Where I was like, you know, I could really have a real shot at this. So it definitely takes a while though. I mean, for me at least, you know, it didn't really hit me. Like, you know, most kids dream of going to the NFL from the start, you know, it really was on my dream. You know, I didn't really have a, have a dream. Or say I wanted to go pro in basketball. I wanted to be a hooper. <laughs> I had hoop dreams, yeah, but I didn't grow, so that wasn't it. <laughs> man, been, I keep telling you, you could have been Chris Paul, man. <laughs> I had no left hand, man. I couldn't do it. <laughs> it was a little work, brother. <laughs> all right, so so okay, let's credit Wisconsin. Let's talk Wisconsin a little bit. So first of all, walk us through, help that young man or, or woman who's who's about to make their college decision, and they're getting letters from different schools. What was it about Wisconsin that drew you there? What was that recruitment process like? Yeah, I mean, that recruitment process was it was it was definitely different. I mean, it was nuts. I mean, um, I definitely wanted to play college football. So, I mean, any school that sent me a letter, I was hyped about. I was ecstatic from any school. You know, even it was like Ivy League. I was like, man, I might go Ivy League. And <laughs> I knew I probably wasn't doing that. But, I mean, I think just that whole situation is exciting in general. Um but it was it, – it's tough to nail down. It's definitely from the heart. And Wisconsin being close to home, like an hour 45 from here, it was it was definitely probably the easiest decision. And knowing they're so, you know, in academics and athletics, they're so high up. So it, it was pretty simple for me just because that was probably my biggest offer in general. Um, but I think just being close to home and everyone feeling comfortable in, the, in that situation was big for me. I had to make sure my family was cool with what I was doing first for sure. How how involved were you in that process, Vince? Were you were you pushing him one way, or were you just completely letting him make the decision? Uh, we were completely letting him make the decision because he was uh, he was going to Western Michigan. That was his plan. He had committed there, and he's going to go there. But we went to visit Wisconsin on a snowy day, saw the game, met with the coaches, met with the things, and I knew when we got there, saw the arena, saw saw the staff. I knew like he's going to go to Wisconsin. Yeah. I knew he was flipping and going to Wisconsin because that was just – but it was it's his dream. Now, like I always told him, like, you go to college, you get a D1 scholarship, that's gravy for me. Anything after that, like, holy shit. Then that's – excuse my French, that's but that's okay. what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that was the hard part for me is because my whole life, you know, they were kind of giving me guidance on, you know, what to do, yeah. just obviously as parents and, and – um, especially then being strong parents. I mean, it was, so that was a hard part for me making kind of my own decision on what to do. So that, re- that really took me a while, I think, to kind of come to that, right. that final decision. But it was, uh, it was definitely in my hands, which was, which was cool, but it was tough all at the same time. 
Yeah, I you know I obviously wasn't a D one player. I was slightly recruited D one, um, but I could tell by the money offers that I wasn't going to be playing. So I went small ball so I could play. Right. So there's no question about it. If you can go big ball and play, that's perfect. But I think what all college experiences have in common is that there's this there's this like jubilant feeling of being recruited and knowing that you you yeah. met that goal. And then almost on day one, it's a knockdown. Like, uh oh. I got work to do. You know what I mean? This is just the beginning of a, of a grind. This is not some sort of heaven goal that I've reached. It's grind time. Wouldn't you agree with that, TJ? Yeah, it was. I mean, for me, it was you going from being the man uh, in high school. And then I walked in, I saw Melvin Gordon. I was like, oh, man, I ain't going to make it. <laughs> I got to tackle that dude in practice. Like, it's it's definitely, you know, it changes your world a little bit walking into, you know, those dudes are 21, 22, and you know, yeah, I was 18 showing up on campus, 17 showing up on campus. So it's it's definitely different. And you meet people from all over the country. So it's, I mean, it's a, it's a reality check for sure. You know, you got to, I mean, for me, I just worked, man. I worked as hard as I can. Many phone calls home. Yeah. Just to, you know, as many times I was like, man, this is this is harder than I thought for sure. And, you know, they were there to make sure that I just kept going and I mean, it ended up working out. I mean, because he registered right? So he, yeah. he came to me like after, after mid December and said freshman year and said when it's redshirt year and said, Dad, there's a hundred and five kids on this team. Mm-hmm. And there's there's about thirty kids that have never touched the field. Yeah. And they're seniors. Yeah. And he was like, he said, That ain't gonna be me. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what he said to me. And right then I knew I was like, he gonna play something. Yeah. <laughs> See that that's so big, man. That's so big for our listeners who say they have goals. But do they have that drive, that drive to right. say nothing's going to stop me from getting from reaching that goal? TJ, how much do you credit the coaching staff at Wisconsin or even players? I know you play with a wide, like you said, Melvin Gordon. Do you do you credit the people around you, that program? Or do you just say, no, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to take the credit for this. TJ said enough is enough and you made it happen. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes to both. I mean, the coaches were definitely big into it. But at college, you know, they don't you know, they got to keep their job, too. So they don't. Not not saying they don't care if you play, but they're going to play the best no matter what. But I honestly, I really credit how I grew up. Like how I grew up is like, you know, you're going to you're going to make it to the top level and you got to play. You got to beat that guy out behind you every single time, every single rep. So for me, it was like I knew that there was always people that were going to be probably better than me or faster than me, stronger than me. Uh, but my thing was I knew I was going to work way harder than them. I was going to make sure that I did all the little things. I was going to know my playbook. I was going to do all those little things to make sure that I did play and to make sure that they couldn't take me off the field. That was my thing. I wanted to make sure those coaches couldn't look at me and say, you know, we, we got to take them out or something like that. They had to play me because I was the best one out there. And that's that was my goal the whole time. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, so at what point, talk me through this process of, all right, because, you know, I'm, I'm back in Lake County, still running AGB, and yeah. I'm hearing, you know, Man, have you seen? Did you see the game yesterday? You see what TJ did? You know, it, yeah. your name just started to just ring through the hallways. Kids that didn't even know you, but just because they live in the town, and you know, they started to know you. So when that was happening, when you were starting to become one of the best linebackers in the country, you know, what was that like? Was it like, oh, I'm changing now. I'm I'm somebody now, or were you? Was it easy to remain level headed? I mean, it was it was easy, and I hate to keep blowing his head up a little bit, but it was <laughs> it's how we grew up, man. You, like you said, like we never talked about it. We would, we would all just be about it. Like if you're, if you're the best, you're going to show it on the field every single day that you're the best. Um, but I mean, it was, it was definitely, definitely different. I think when I started to get a little recognition and um, those things started to happen, but it, it didn't change my mindset at all. Like I knew that at any given day, my spot could be taken like right then and there. So it was one of those things where I knew I just had to keep proving myself and that the recognition stuff is cool but it really just put added more pressure because you wanted to play that much better. You wanted to put on that much for your town or wherever you're from. So I think it adds a little bit more, but it's, it's one of those things you got to stay true to yourself and just keep kind of doing what you're doing that, that got you there. How hard was that decision to go back your senior year? I know that you were getting some looks at when you were a junior and, you know, I know, you know, I, TJ, I want to tell you this publicly. I've been very intentional about not, you know, reaching out to you and, and you know, or putting on AGB, you know, this pro player playing AGB. I, I don't want to do any of this. This is in your ride, your journey. I'm not going to latch on to it. But but talk to me about that decision because I saw it from, from, from afar and I thought, you know, I wonder how he's handling that. What was it like to go back? I mean, it was tough. I mean, all year, 
you know, and I was having a decent year in my junior year. So I, I knew I probably could have could have came out. But I was I mean, I think I was probably the first time in my life where I was like I was a little scared to, you know, the consequences of coming out and maybe not making a team or not getting drafted. And then, um, you know, just being sitting there like Dang, I could have stayed in school for a whole nother year and, and up my stock. And I remember specifically having this conversation, uh, my bowl game, which we play in the Orange Bowl in Miami. I was sitting at the at the pool next to my mom and dad, and they wanted me to come out. You know, they thought it was time for me to kind of take a risk and take a leap. Um, but that was another, you know, time in my life where I had to kind of make that decision for myself to where I thought it was just the best spot for me to come back as a, as a senior, a leader, um, and try to put my best foot forward. And I knew I had to improve on some things, so I wanted to show that a little bit. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out because I didn't get drafted, but <laughs> it, it still, you know, I thought it was the best thing for me. Well, for who I am as a person, what I believe in, the fact that you didn't get drafted makes your story even that much better. I mean, yeah. you know, someone could say, all right, I didn't get drafted. That's it. It's time to, you know, go to plan B. And uh, your plan B was to revert back to plan A, man. So talk to me about that process of going in as an undrafted rookie and, and making a squad. Talk to us about what that grind is like. It's, uh, it's, it's different, man. You walk in and uh, especially the NFL, like NFL is more business than anything. Um, I mean, it's definitely, you know, talent, all that stuff, but you go in with like a, a draft pick on your head, you know, that they're going to get a little bit more attention. They're going to get, you know, more coaching and they already got money invested in them. So it's, it's one of those things where you got to go in and you truly have to be the best every single day. Like when those guys are tired and their hands on the hips, like you have to be the energy bug and the guy who's, who's doing all the right things. Um, you know, the guy who, who was seen and not heard, I think was my, my biggest thing. That's how I kind of approached it is I wanted to show you know, those older guys, those superstars that you grow up watching that, you know, I kind of belong here too. So, um, that was definitely different for me, you know, stepping into a grown man business. And, um, but it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Like my freshman in Wisconsin, you just got to show up and, and keep working and, and things will work out. And that's what it, that's what has happened. The, the, the NFL world has just respected your ability to, to, you know, make your way to that roster and demand that spot and hold that spot and then, you know, do some special teams work. And then I, and then right. some injuries happen you get out there on the field and you make plays. I mean, so at this point, do you feel solidified in where you are? Or would you say it's true that it never stops? You're still on the ground. Man, never stops. Man, every, every single year, there's going to be draft picks. There's going to be free agents that are getting signed to your team. Um, so if you're not, you know, on your P's and Q's every single day, your spot's going to get taken and, you know, they're not, they're not going to feel sorry about it. So it's, it's one of those things where that, that grind never stops. It doesn't matter what, what year deal you're on or anything like that is if you're not, you're not showing up to play, you're going to get cut or someone's going to take your spot. So it's, it's definitely unlike anything I've ever been a part of for sure. Talk to me about the latch on man. Is it real? You know, you, you hear about it all the time. These guys who, you know, as soon as you make the league, as soon as you do something big, you, you know, you can't even go back home because now all of a sudden everybody wants something from you. They want a ticket. They want this. They want that. Uh, have you experienced that? What's that like? Um, you know, how do you manage it? Uh, I mean, honestly, haven't really experienced it that much. I mean, I'm sure some areas are different than others. But uh, to me, you know, I just I'm, I'm super you know, low key and I just I just come home and I just want to be with my family. I just want to you know, see my close friends, um, you know, my girlfriend comes back and forth with me here back to my house. And we, we honestly are just super, super low key. And that's one thing I can really appreciate is I came, I went to a couple you know, girls basketball games and, um, you know, just to see what everyone's doing. Cause I do like to see, you know, if the area is still, you know, up and coming and, and the talent, the new talent coming in. So, I mean, it's one of those things I haven't really, you know, experienced it that much, which is, which is cool. Um, but I do think I should do a little bit more, you know, giving back in that sense of, maybe get my name out there a little bit more but I mean it's honestly been great just being back home right now and, and seeing my family I haven't got to spend this much time with in, in so long so so Vince would you say at this point that you have a professional athlete as a son would you say that the parenting days are over or are you still there to kind of help him guide him protect him from some of this stuff or are you just sitting back enjoying the ride yeah, I just bought dinner tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, TJ, cover the bill, bro. <laughs> I don't know where my wallet, man. <laughs> no, nah, it's uh, nah, it's, it's good to see him. We like to see him, uh, and he's well. What I love most about him is he's super humble. When he he talk, when anyone stops him, he talks. He talks to him. He never he never blows anyone off, and he's very cordial. Has great conversations, and the best compliment I've gotten from all. From people about all my kids is how respectful they are and how adult conversations they give you and 
they're not rude. So I, I love that all about every one of my kids. When he goes back to lakes, you know, he's he pretty – he's trying to lay back in the cut, but everyone's staring at him. He, he feels it. He talks to him. He talks to all the coaches. He talks to all the teachers. He does his, his do, he does his work and he just goes about it, right? Yeah, and it's pretty. It's a pretty cool experience. I mean, I'm I'm proud of what he's become, and I'm sure he's got more to more to offer, more to do. Same thing with Mia. Same thing with Lee. I'm proud of all my kids. I, I think they're they've established themselves. And when he went back to Wisconsin, it, it was tough, but it was his decision. Uh, he wanted to graduate because he didn't want to have to go back to Wisconsin after if football didn't work out and go back and graduate. And that's what his. You know, I told him, you get your you get your diploma. I ain't got to pay for nothing. I'm good. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm proud of him for that. So everything after that is great. I know if he gets a chance, if uh, TJ didn't get drafted, it was a hard day in our house. It was a hard weekend in our house. It was tough. But I know if he gets on the field, he's going to get a shot to something. And that's and that's what happened. Yeah, and it worked. It worked out. God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. So I want to I want to stay on Mia a little bit. Uh, I I know Mia better than I know TJ. Quite frankly, I had a chance to coach her for a while. TJ and Vince, what what's what's her experience like? You know, living in the shadow of a pro athlete is it? Is, does she feel a sense of like, oh man, I have to be just as good, or else, or is are we okay having her have her own journey? No, I think Mia has her own. She, she, Mia works in her own space. She, I don't think she's whatever. She's not taken back by TJ's and the pros. She's just right now starting to accept it. When TJ was in college, we used to go to all these games. Mia, you want to go? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> and it wasn't like she was. It wasn't that she was jealous. It just wasn't her thing. Yep. And she now, now again, she said, "Isn't it weird that TJ's and the pros? She just think it's like weird and it's it's funny." And she she likes. It. I think. Her experience in high school was a little bit tough because people kept coming up to her asking about TJ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a little bit different for her. But they've never been to the same school at the same time, so it's very awkward. Yeah. But she has she has her own mind, and that's what I love about it. She's free will in her own way. Yeah, and 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 you know, per per sport, I mean, Mia's very very talented. She always has been. Um, what's what's she doing at at small ball right now? How's she doing? She's she's. Mia played really well. I mean, they got they got a team. Her team is they're super talented. They went twenty two and three. Yeah, they went oh, twenty two wow. and three. She was six man on, on the team. She's only two freshmen play. That's and awesome. Mia was, she was like first off the bench for the freshmen. And coach really liked her. She 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 got better as the season drew along. It's kind of funny. They had the last game of the season. They were playing against the toughest team in the conference, and she came out and she had like what, 14 points and 13 rebounds and three block shots. So as the season went along, she matured and she got yeah. she got better. And she's playing with some triplets that's really, really good. Oh, yeah. They're super good. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's one thing you know, too, is, like, Mia's not, like, super aggressive. She's kind of, she doesn't have that personality. Right. Um, but when she does, you know, she can really play. Yeah. And, I mean, that's one thing I noticed for sure, just watching, you know, from start to finish is her game completely changed from – yeah, you know, she wanted to start taking some shots, and she was at one point taking step back jumper or something I've never seen from her. Right, do so it was. It's definitely been cool to see. I'm excited to see really what she does next year. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing that we can't forget, right? We think, like I said earlier, when you make it to college, you think, oh, this is a destination, but it really isn't. It's just the beginning of a new process, you know. Right. So she is who she is as a freshman, but by the time she's 22 years old, you know, she got she got the world in front of her. Yeah, yeah she yeah she's I think. She, that school is uh, it's a small school. Uh, we was we was hoping she can go bigger. She just five eleven is not big enough, and how she plays. Mm-hmm. But she is. Uh, I think she's in a good fit for her. Yeah. Good. So, all right, TJ. Let's. Uh, what's next, man? Uh, what, you know, one thing we want to do as a show, we want to try to help you guys out any way we can. Uh, is there any, anything you want uh, our listeners to know? Is there a place we can find you? Any, are you giving back any any you know small side you know side gigs you're trying to set up anything? I mean, for me, not, nothing really, man. I'm just here working out, you know, staying in shape. I'm right back, you know, where I grew up in the heart of Lindenhurst. Um, but no, I was I was thinking about doing a camp or something this summer, but uh, you know, with everything going on, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to try to do one next year or something like that. But yeah, I would like to, you know, probably give back or just a little bit more, just to kind of see kids out in the area play and bring them all together. And, you know, do like a camp or something like that, just to see the, the talent and to get kids playing in this area more, to be honest with you, because 
I definitely noticed that level of just the, the number of kids has gone down of, of playing. And um, so I want to kind of bring that back a little bit because when, you know, I was growing up, it was packed, you know, every single score was packed. So I kind of want to see that, that come up a little bit more. Um, but no, man, I'm, I'm super low key. You know, I don't ever like to, you know, be, be out and about. I just kind of hang out and, you know, go about my business. But you do have a foundation that you're trying to be more with, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think this, like this year I was working with, um, with Chicago food, uh, depository, which is like a very good foundation that I was trying to just get more numbers to and get more people to, to kind of recognize. Um, yeah, I have my cleats, I kind of painted their, their organization colors just to, try to bring some awareness. Um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely going to keep, you know, moving forward with that. And um, you know, hopefully some, sometime soon kind of start my own foundation and get that thing off. Well, yeah. I mean, look, when you guys uh, give us your time and I know we're friends, but still you gave me your time tonight and uh, help our listeners try to get better. So we definitely want to give back. So if you get me a link to that. Yeah. And we'll put that in the show notes and have people go support that uh, when they yeah. get in. But I just want to say, I can't thank you guys enough. And, uh, TJ, I'm just so proud of you, man. And like your dad said, it's not just that you're a pro athlete. That stuff is great. Um, and that stuff is going to last for 10 years or 15 years or however long. <coughs> just the young man that you've become, man. It's just so impressive, man. And, uh, you know, we're all proud of you. And, and uh, Vince, we go way back, man. Like like the whole the whole rise in, of AGB is, is attributed to you and your support, man. I'm never going to forget that. So I appreciate both of you. Yeah, all right. Thank you. We thank appreciate you. you too, man. Uh, we definitely, I definitely learned a lot. Uh, growing up with you, you know, as my coach and stuff like that, I'm sure, um, you know, you remember those times too. So I, I appreciate everything. That's, you know, that's the first thing when you hit me up. I was like, yeah, you know, we can definitely make something like that happen. So I'm glad I could hop on my dad and reminisce a little bit, man. Can't wait to see your son and daughter do that Euro step. Right, <laughs> <Take care> <laughs> hey, hey, look, it's so prevalent now. Everybody teaches it that I can't even take credit for it anymore. But it's like, the first I, time I ever heard it. First bro, time I ever heard it. I was one of the first. Euro step. <laughs> Man, I couldn't get I couldn't get Sab or uh, Sarah to stop doing. It. <laughs> did Did Andrew tell you guys? Andrew Andrew's coaching at Lakes, right? Yeah. So Andrew hit me. <laughs> Andrew hit me up a couple months ago when the season was still going on, and there's a player there who plays for us now named Rosie. I'm sure you guys know her. Yeah. And he said he said, Coach Rick, can you do me a favor? Can you teach Rosie something else? <laughs> 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 the Euro step because she does it every time, no matter what situation I'm like. I to, look, I'm talking about step, spin step, but <laughs> Euro step. just teach her a left hand. <laughs> she got left hands, she can play some ball, man. She yeah. left hand. Left hand and a jump shot. She gets that. It's over for the world because that girl is fast. She's carrying lakes. Yeah, yeah, she's good. You guys still, you still cool with Andrew and, and, uh, and uh, Justin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. They've been out to a couple of games. They drove. Justin drove from Minnesota. Yeah. Came to my house to pick up Andrew, and then they drove to Philadelphia oh, for a game. Uh, the home. The home open. First for the game home of the open of the season. Yeah. I got to get yeah. them on the show. Just Bergeron for sure. You yeah. got to get Jamie coming on the show because people need to understand. I'm not here. Like I'm not sitting in this chair. I'm not AD. I'm not AGB owner. I'm none of that. If it's not for Justin Bergeron. He yeah. started this whole thing, so I'm gonna get him on here. We're gonna talk about that. You got yeah. to. You gotta to get Andrew. You gotta get Andrew too. If you want that's, to true. that's true. That's true. Because they were they were <laughs> put Andrew on there. That's true. <laughs> you might need a couple of drinks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, I want to talk. I want to talk him into picking up his 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 helmet again, man. I don't think he should be done. That boy oh, can he's play. Still trying. He's still he's still playing. He's still playing in Austria. Yeah, that counts, he's, uh, man. He's, huh? He's thinking it about counts. going back. Think about going uh, back this year. Yeah, you got to see what's going on with the whole, obviously the COVID and everything. He, he, he was like the player of the year over there, man. Yeah, I used to wake man. up on Sunday morning and watch him. He was crazy, bro. Let me tell you something. Every time I've seen one of his highlight tapes, this is what I say to myself: I really don't know football because I don't see how you can be better than that. Like <laughs> that, that cat is cutting the field up. You know, what yeah, I mean? he was playing. He was playing running back, linebacker, safety, power turn, kick return. Yeah, he. I yeah. mean, it was it was crazy. He, they, he's gonna get a shot, man. He's they love him over there. Yeah. yeah, he got a bunch of sponsorships over there. Like they, he's they a man him. in Austria. <laughs> watch out. So he, he, he's Stefan Marbury of Austria, right? Exactly. <laughs> he is hilarious to interview. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get those guys on, man. But you guys have been great, man. This is gonna be awesome. I think it's gonna help a lot of people. I appreciate it, TJ. Good luck to you, man. The rest of your yeah. career, and I'm here for you if you ever need anything. Okay. 
I appreciate it. All right, Rick. Thank you for having us on. Thank you for listening to the Jumping Through Hoops podcast. We hope you heard something that will help you get better on your path to basketball and life success. You can help us get better by hitting the subscribe button and following us on social media. If you would like to be a guest on the show, or if you have any questions we can answer for you, email us at jthoopspod at gmail.com. Until next time, always get better.